0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Radio Podcasts. This is an episode in our series, The Veteran's Story, produced in conjunction with Morecambe Football Club Community Sports and the First Light Trust. In this series, local veterans recount their experiences of serving in the armed forces and life since leaving. The views expressed here are of the individual contributor. This is The Veteran's Story.
1: My name's Craig Harrison and I was born in Morecambe back in the year 1966. The reason I joined the Army is because my family has a, uh, a tradition of serving in the British Army. So my great-great-grandfather was in the uh, 3rd Battalion, the Madras Fusiliers. My great-grandfather was in the Duke Cornwall's Light Infantry. My grandfather was in the Royal Engineers and my old man was in the Remi. Predominantly I served with the Army Medical Services. Um, I was in the REMC, did 22 years, 222 days and I finished off as Sergeant Major of a Medical Squadron. I joined the Army because it was the only thing I could do and I had no qualifications. I was 17 and a half so I joined as what they call a young soldier. So I've gone from having a mum who did everything for you to actually having to look after myself for 12 weeks during basic training. I must admit, I did actually bring my stuff home at the weekends when I could for me mum to still iron and press for me. So, um, I look like a Chelsea Penster on Armed Forces Day and uh, Remembrance. So I've got uh, seven medals on my chest, of which five of those are campaign medals. So, first operational tour was back in 1984 up Banner, Northern Ireland. That was completely nuts in the fact that you, you, you go to a place where you've got two warring factions who completely hate each other and you're trying to actually keep them apart. Um, whilst being used as a, a scapegoat I suppose um, especially when you look at what's happened over the last five, ten years with the uh, prosecution of veterans up, up to modern day Bosnia I was in Sarajevo 1994-96 to 96, uh, did two tours out there one with the United Nations and one with NATO United Nations one was horrendous I was in Sarajevo um, trying to keep warring factions apart there were snipers out there that used to shoot children for fun and that was very difficult and then up to modern day times, so I served on TELIC 1 and TELIC 4 um, in Iraq. I suppose that's the first time I actually fought a conventional war with armour um, and working with um, ground troops supported by air, land and sea, I suppose. The service that I've put in is, is so varied. Um, the the only time that I had doubts was during the Iraq war when we were lied to about weapons of mass destruction. We were actually looking for... Things that didn't exist when we got into Basra, um, 99% of the actual city itself didn't actually have plumbing, running water, or plumbing properly. So you know there was no way they were making weapons of mass destruction. That was that was a war fought and a lie. That's the only time I've actually questioned sort of the political will. Um, Bosnia um, was was trying to keep warring factions apart and actually protect the innocent as such. Uh, the only problem that you've got with those is that the UN doesn't actually have a mandate for fighting wars from white painted vehicles and therefore you can't, you can't enforce peace on clans that don't actually want to have peace when there's more money to be made through killing people. I've already alluded to the fact that I served with the Royal Army Medical Corps and, and like all good army medics I was issued with an army nurse um, so I, I married the good lady back in 1989. Um, Uh, 1989 to 93, um, I was on a special attachment and I think for the first year of our marriage or the year of of the the daughter's life, um, she fell pregnant quite quick, did the missus, Um, I was actually away for nine and a half months at that first 12. So my take on is if, if my marriage can last that after the first, you know, 12 months then um, I've got her for keeps. I actually kept her when I left the army. Most most medics hand them back to the stores, but I kept mine. She now works at the RLI, God bless her. Um, I, I did, as I said, 22 years, 222 days. You get to your 22 year point, and then the door slams behind you as you leave. But I was under no illusions, and I, I started prepping for Civvy Street. I was really lucky because I'd actually served with the TA unit for three years in my last nine and the PSO there um, was a fantastic guy who advised me on prepping for Sivvy Street and I started to prepare six years before I left and then as SART major for my last three years I made sure that all my guys were getting trained up for courses that, that they could use on Sivvy Street and I walked straight into a job and I've not looked back. I remember taking uh, my lad to school and we had the interview with the headmaster at um, St Peter's as it was then and he said to me, what do you what do you want? And I said, I want a normal life. And he looked at me and he said, what is a normal life? And I said, I have no idea. So, I mean, coming back into Civvy Street, the, the one thing that I have missed massively is that camaraderie as such. You know, you've got people who will actually literally die for you and, and watch your back. You don't get that on Civvy Street. But as far as coming back i remember when i used to work at white cross in lancaster pam jenkins was my boss and she used to say to me craig you're, you're happy here aren't you and i'd say pam no one's tried killing me today which is a vast improvement on the last three years for me personally i've now got two degrees but i suppose i've, I've got the confidence um to to, to to go for what i want to go for um, I've also got financial security in the fact that um, I've had a pension since I was forty, um, and that went up when I was fifty-five. Benefits are, are, are massive for, for having served when I did, because things are slightly different now. And of course, there's the, uh, the camaraderie of being with the, the guys next door. As such, um, we're all from different branches, as such, but you know, we've all got a very similar mentality. When I when I look back at the last five years uh, with the pandemic and and everything that's actually happened. um, I just want to draw the attention of a charity I've been working with, First Light Trust in Lancaster. I got involved with them in the early days. Having suffered with COVID, the wife works at the RLI on the front line as such, and she brought COVID home. And if it, it hadn't been for Gary, Gary's support from First Light, they, they were fantastic supporting us whilst we were ill and you know, making sure that we had somewhere to eat and drink because of the, the confinement. Um, and what I'll also say is there's a fantastic bunch of lads down there as well. But there's lads and lassies and we, we, we actually meet once a month, um, and we have a, a walk along the prom and reminisce. Um, and there's, there's, there's quite a few activities going on there probably once every two months we'll actually go out up the lakes or whatever and a lot of mindfulness goes on up in the hills and so forth and we get get a chance to spend time together uh, reminiscing and, and also talking openly um, about our experiences that, that you probably can't talk to civvies about as such so I just want to thank First Light Trust for that Every soldier looks back at wars as such that they've actually been to. Um, and, and, you know, what what rips my guts out is the fact that nothing nothing does change. Um, and we've still got the Soviet bloc, and it is the Soviet bloc, because that's what Putin wants. And when you look at the, the mentality of our potential foe, it, it, it just seems to me that it's death and destruction... And I think that personally we we need to invest in our armed forces. We need to be ready for anything that may come because it's probably coming.
0: Thank you for listening to The Veteran's Story. You can subscribe to the podcasts and visit the Beyond Radio podcast page at www.beyondradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts to hear further veteran stories as they are released. For information on how the First Light Trust is helping local veterans, visit www.firstlighttrust.co.uk.